We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the week six edition of the Pro Football Focus Fantasy Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine, joined by my man, Mr. Ian Harditz uh, from Pro Football Focus. Uh, Ian, this is another we'll, – we'll, we're all going to play the same cash game in DFS, at least on <laughs> DraftKings.com uh, this week. Uh, but we've got some nice bets. We've got a little bit of GPP talk to make it interesting this week. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, we have our little show sheet here. We, we come prepared each and every week, you know, with everything we're going to talk about. And I don't think I've ever had a quicker time getting through the uh, suggested cash game show out here. So we'll see what happens though, with some of these injuries. Still a few things in the air that obviously we need to monitor. But you said it, man. There is some chalk out there on the main slate. Should make fun. Uh, should make for a fun uh, tournament discussion, though. We're all going to hold hands and finish our way <laughs> to the 50th percentile finish. Uh, together and uh, just pay the rake to the fantasy sites this week. Uh, But before we get into all of that, you know, there are plenty of other ways to make money, whether it's sports betting, uh, tournaments. I mean, you could still make money playing cash games and all that fun stuff. Uh, But the way we sort of get to all of that is looking through Ian's article over at Pro Football Focus, the Mismatch Manifesto. Uh, did you tweet out everything? I Did I miss the tweet storm of it earlier in the week? I know you usually do that. Yeah, you yeah. Check- it's just a thread yeah. now. I'm in the thread game, Britt. I do threads from time to time. Tom? <laughs> oh, what? there Ian? Yeah, we good. All right. Uh, so yeah, so you can go check this out on Ian's Twitter, uh, or you can just tune into the show or listen to it. Uh, we go over some of the major mismatches on offensive and defense, and we like to start with explosive play rate, both in the pass game and the run game. We want our quarterbacks and wide receivers to get big chunk plays, we want our running backs running free downfield, dancing into the end zone. What are some spots we can look at that for this week, Ian? 
Patriots passing game looking really good just in terms of their ability to create some big plays. I know they haven't had a ton of volume, but they're going up against the Browns defense that while overall they're pretty good, we have seen them, you know, blow a coverage or two almost every week this season. So healthy Jacoby Myers would be the way to go there. Also, don't sleep on Hunter Henry if John Smith is again sideline. Also, 49ers looking good against the Falcons. I think what we're going to see here, Britt, is A.J. Terrell track Braden Ayuk on the outside. Usually defenses choose to shadow Ayuk instead of Debo Samuel because Ayuk plays a traditional wide receiver position Debo is the one going to backfield and moving all over the formation so with that in mind I do think we could see either Debo or especially George Kittle really finally get one of those boom weeks going this is the bottom three defense against tight ends in almost any metric you want to look at I really do think this could finally be George Kittle week on the other side of things Giants Rams Steelers not set up too well to throw the football it'd be nice to think that uh you know they could finally get on track and by there I mean the Los Angeles Rams just again a bottom not even just kind of bad just literally one of the worst offenses in the league uh it's been so terrible for everyone there except cooper cup and tyler higby it's not the biggest get right spot in the world man the carolina as much as people are saying i'll oh, tear it down trade away all your good players i don't know man if they had a quarterback which they clearly don't but if they did like i don't think we'd be looking at like that terrible of a team uh either way so the only thing i'm kind of looking for in los angeles you can kind of see it in here their run game isn't set up too bad so i do wonder Britt. Not great with Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson. I get it. Not great with everyone in this offense. But if we just removed that and we said, hey, we got a running back who had 100% of his backfields carries last week. He's a home 10-point favorite. You know, maybe we'd be a little bit more into Cam Akers than otherwise, but more on him in a bit. Yep. Uh, let's go to uh, scroll down the article just a little bit more. Uh, let's look at pace. We want lots of snaps. Uh, both if we're sports betting or in DFS. Uh, see a couple of games, Buffalo at KC. Uh, we'll talk about that one. At least I will from a sports betting perspective in a little bit. Looks like the high pace games aren't really on the main slate. So maybe touch on what are we looking at and what are some, some slow pace games that might be a little under the radar that we might want to avoid potentially. Yeah, Dallas, Philly, Denver in the Chargers, obviously Sunday and Monday night football. Those are the other ones popping. To an extent, we do have the Jaguars and Colts, but both of those offenses have been pretty uh, pretty tough to overly trust this year. On the other side of things, though, Bengals and Saints, as well as the Jets and Packers standing out as those that might just not have the overall play volume we're looking for. And, and since it is interesting because it is just one of these offenses that keeps leaving us wanting for more. And I do think while you know one of Joe Mixon or Jamar Chase awfully do in this one, uh, hopefully – not hopefully because I wish the guy was out there, uh, you know, healthy and playing. But if T. Higgins is going to be ruled out completely out of the picture, that could do well to help condense this volume in Cincinnati and not have to worry about the overall play volume quite as much. Got to ban that cover two shell in the NFL, right? So we can have Jamar Chase be <laughs> it. again. That's holding, holding him back that uh, Cincinnati offense right now. Uh, all right, let's go to pressure rate. Uh, any clean pockets, any quarterbacks we might want to stay away from that might be getting harassed just a little bit too much. Yeah, look at all that blue on the away side of things. Joey Burrow, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, and P.J. Walker himself all set up pretty well from the pocket. Obviously not really thinking about going to the well with P.J. Walker, but I do think, man, especially in tournaments, I know we're trying to get up to Josh Allens and Lamar, Lamar Jacksons of the world, but we've seen Tom Brady throw the football 52 times in back-to-back -back weeks, and they have all their wide receivers healthy, which they pretty much are right now. Julio's still up and down. We'll talk about Chris Goblin and his snaps a little bit later, but Goblin's out there. Mike Evans is fine. Russell Gage is fine. You got Rashad White and Leonard Fournette doing their things. Cameron Brace should be back. This is going to be one of the more pass-heavy offenses in the entire league when, when they have these guys healthy, which they mostly do right now. So I do love Tom Brady and some of those receivers in tournaments. On the other side of things, uh, yeah, we saw some of that pressure get to Justin Fields last night, and it's also going to be there again for Matthew Stafford. PFS, 31st ranked offensive line in terms of team pass blocking grade. I do think the Panthers at, I believe, 2,400 are a more than viable DST. You want, you want to throw that in the cash game and save as much money as possible. If, if the Rams didn't have Cooper Cup, replace Cooper Cup with like a league average wide receiver, I don't know, <laughs> you know, your favorite, whichever one that is. I mean, this offense is in big, big trouble this year. That I'm, offensive line I'm is not doing anything for them. Yeah, I said league average. That might ah, be easy, easy. <laughs> All right, let's get down a little farther uh, on Ian's article. Yards before contact, we want our running backs running as long as they can uh, before getting touched by defenders, and we don't want them getting stuffed at the line. Uh, it looks like uh, Lamar Jackson, also possibly uh, J.K. Dobbins against the Giants, looked like a pretty juicy one. We've got Kenneth Walker, possibly, you know, DFS darling this week. Uh, going to be running free against Arizona. What else is really standing out? 
Kamara and I guess Taysom Hill also we got to talk about him uh, looking pretty good against uh the Bengals this week and then also you know the Browns running backs per usual as well but yeah both sides in that Seattle Arizona game are looking pretty good you know it is going to be chalky to play both Kenneth Walker and you know Benjamin and I know just you know historically correlated between two running backs on uh facing each other on the opposite teams maybe not setting yourself up for the complete highest you know tournament winning score but it's just going to be tough to get off of either of these guys both offenses have that scoring upside and both defense defenses haven't shown much of an ability to stop anything this year so happy to eat that chalk in cash games and yeah with the Ravens man now it's unfortunate J.K. Dobbins isn't getting overly featured but we saw him score two touchdowns a couple weeks ago man it would make sense if we see him just starting to inch and crawl a little bit more to his future workload as the days go on <laughs> a fraud Aaron Judge struck out again I freaking love watching that dude fail <laughs> sorry but anyway yeah and then some of the running backs that aren't set up quite as well Colts Jaguars uh Chiefs really standing out i will say with the chiefs we'll talk more about this later we just wanted to look at that matchup which you know highest pace highest game total a ton of things going right here uh for both offenses obviously i mean hell 70 points could be scored in this game Clyde Edwards Lair and Devin Singletary seem to be the lowest known guys available now whether or not we really want to mess around at all with those run games you know we can talk about that too but while it might not be efficient for CEH on the ground i do think that anytime we're in that sort of high scoring offense tough to dis- tough to completely dismiss the player you mentioned Taysom Hill i'm going to throw this at you cold uh if you had to set a fantasy point line line for him think DraftKings scoring what would it be as a as a over under uh like nine and a half probably it's three on prize picks whoa <laughs> so that i've i've put some money on on that this week if you're on prize picks that is one that i do like uh, i don't know if it's a trap or if it's like uh just too good to be true but i, I think that's a pretty juicy it's number. so tough to rank them but you start going through the uh you know because i'm still new, i still got my season long rankings over at pff.com yep. and all this and it's you're on really the grind t- <laughs> of course of course but it's always tough like to rank I, I, at least this week it's tough to rank more than you know 12 or 13 tight ends ahead of the guy because at a certain point you run out of every down tight ends and then it's like okay do i want this you know mo alley cox type guy or Taysom hill where i know he's not playing many snaps but the snaps he plays he's getting the ball yep uh all right let's close this out let's look at oh actually there's a couple other ones here let's look at combined yards per drop back uh quarterbacks chucking the ball down the field uh what are some spots for that this week Dolphins, obviously with Skylar Thompson, you got to take it with a little bit more grain of salt than usual, but Seahawks looking good as always. Let's just get some clarity on that Tyler Lockett injury. I hate midweek additions to the injury report, especially when it's a soft tissue thing like a hamstring, but as we've seen Lockett in the past, pretty tough to get that dude off the field with any sort of injury. Um, Also, Minnesota Vikings looking really good this week. Again, my two favorite, I think, GPP passing games to get a little bit contrarian and go a separate way with are going to be the Vikings and Buccaneers this week. And both are showing up pretty good here on the other side. I think Steelers Falcons and giants just not looking good. I'm not sure if we're going to get Kyle Pitts or Drake London uh, actually emerging as a consistently high end viable fantasy performer. Thanks a lot, Arthur Smith and Marcus Mariota, but it is what it is. I'm slightly more optimistic on Kenny Pickett moving forward. I just don't know if it's going to be this week, Tampa Bay legitimately, you know, when they're not playing Patrick Mahomes has looked like one of the better defenses in the league so we'll probably wait just a little bit longer to really go all in on any of those pittsburgh wide receivers all right the epa per play any takeaways on this sometimes from a sports betting angle uh, i was reading the show the show sheet and it looks like we had some either close calls or some hits last week how did that turn out it was doing a good job it called the giants upset it got the cowboys upset and you know the browns commanders and Bengals. it also kind of had us on where i believe they were mostly able to cover those lines and those games did all each go down to you know some of those final plays so this week just the offenses that are underdogs but they seem to have a relative advantage to the offense they're facing the giants at plus six jaguars plus two patriots plus two and a half jets plus seven and broncos plus four and a half so the we're about to talk about it Britt. that packers jets matchup is interesting because if you do look at the jets their defense has been playing pretty damn well all year long zach wilson early returns have actually been pretty great mainstream media doesn't want to talk about it but zach wilson is out here actually being pretty efficient with his limited opportunities we got Brees hall in the running game doing big things so you know we're about to get into it. I still tend to just lean towards Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau because it's Aaron Rodgers and freaking Lambeau against the New York Jets. But a lot of these metrics are saying that the Jets could make this a tighter game than that spread suggests. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get into a fist fight over this because it's not like my uh, I'm not going <laughs> going down with the ship with the Jets this week. But we'll get to it in some sports betting chatter in just a little bit. Uh, that was a recap of Ian's 
Mismatch Manifesto, you can read that over at Pro Football Focus. It does require a subscription, but there are also a million other things to read at Pro Football Focus, along with things like overall team grades. I use that a lot, wide receiver cornerback matchup, uh, stuff like that. Uh, really great information source over at Pro Football Focus if you were looking uh, to step up your DFS slash betting game. Uh, speaking of betting, let's get into my favorite part of the show, doing pretty good so far this season. Uh, I think we're, last season we, we we started off real slow, and I think we grinded our way to basically 50-50 by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. This season we're doing pretty good at the start here based on what we're tracking. Uh, I'm currently I'm 5-2-3 on my spread picks over-unders, and my props that I've put on the show so far this year are 8-4. and four. Uh, I'm going to start off. I'm going back to the well on uh, betting against Arizona in the first half. I've got Seattle plus one in the first half as one of my bigger bets of the week. Played out last week. We saw the Eagles uh, were just able to sneak out the three and a half point. I think they were up by four at halftime uh, over the Cardinals. And the Cardinals, they have just over five points per game in the first half of games this year. Seattle's at 16. Uh, I just, I don't know if it's Cliff Kingsbury I don't know if it's Kyler Murray. I don't know if it's Call of Duty. I don't know what it is, but Arizona has just been so slow out of the gate. I'm going to keep riding this trend until I see it break probably multiple games in a row. Uh, I think Seattle could possibly win this game. I know in your EPA per play, it looks pretty close here. It does have Arizona as a slight favorite. But I don't know. I think this Geno Smith, PFF's number one rated quarterback, I don't know how that's working out. But he's got to be playing good to be PFF's number one rated quarterback. Bro, look at any stat. Look at QB rating. He's number one. Look at yards yeah. per attempt. He's top five. That's man. I I, I know you're not slandering our our lovely PFF. Grade, no, not at all. That, that that is my uh, thing with it. Like, and I I don't think people should necessarily only trot out a PFF grade and say, hey, look at this one thing that it, it tells you the entire story about it. But like, we'll get hate on like an offensive lineman's grade, and it's like, all right, show me the other stats that are out there proving your point. Like, I don't want you comparing these against perfect. Let's have a conversation about the right stats. And Gino, in this case, has been right in freaking all of them. Love the Seattle offense. Yeah, and I love how he's dissing the uh, the beat writers or the reporters. Oh, you never seen me throw before because he knows <laughs> he's got it going on right now. And what a what a steal for the uh, Seahawks right now in this trade to dish dish out Russell Wilson. They got to upgrade a quarterback. And a, and a billion picks as it stands right now. Gino we'll was good last year too, man. I, it was a limited <laughs> sample size, but really we just, he hasn't played for a long time. He was a backup and then they benched Eli Manning for him and people scoffed at it, even though Gino went out there and probably deserved to be playing over that version of Eli mm -hmm. at that point in time. So well, what, what, what a time to be alive. Gino Smith, man. Uh, all right. So Arizona, or, uh, Seattle plus one half and the reverse is also true. So you can live bet that at halftime, you can take Arizona for whatever at second half, because Seattle is a horrible second half team and Arizona is basically the best in the league. So flip that on its uh, flip the script on that at halftime. My other bet is the Bills Chiefs over 53 and a half. And I know unders are king this year in the NFL, Ian, but this game's going over. I mean, <laughs> it's the I know the Bills defense can be pretty stingy, but it's Patrick Mahomes. And then you have Josh Allen with a healthy offense going into Kansas City. And we saw, what did that Raiders-Chiefs game? That had well over 53 and a half. I, I don't know. Call me crazy. The, I don't know if the Bills can get 53 and a half in their cell, themselves. They get 38. They can get 42. The Chiefs can keep up. It's Patrick Mahomes. I've got the over. It's going against the trend of unders this year. Uh, but that is one of my other bets. I have not put that on scores and odds yet. That will be up after the show. Uh, I was looking through our scores and odds. You're not on it, Ian. But we have a pick for every game. Except the Bills and Chiefs game, so I got I don't. I don't know what's going on here. It's the game we all want to play. I'm going to throw the over on there for everybody. Uh, you guys will get it ahead of time. Uh, those are a couple bets I'm looking at in terms of either spreads or over unders. Uh, what are you looking at this weekend? I'm with you on Casey Buffalo over 53 and a half. Just like either of these quarterbacks, if you put them behind the eight ball, I mean, I just, I'm so confident in their ability to keep on moving up and down the field. So with it there, my favorite spread of the week is just going to be the Eagles minus six or if it's up to six and a half, then, you know, still I'm, I'm cool with either. I just think with this Cowboys team, we've seen them 
really get to face some struggling offenses and just really the best part of their team is obviously that Michael Parsons and the Marcus Lawrence pass rush. And yeah, they've been able to just tee off on teams like the Bengals, like the Rams or that offensive line really is their kryptonite. We haven't seen this offense with Cooper Rush actually have to try to be in the scoring points business, put their foot on the gas or anything like that. So Sunday night against what has been the best team in the NFL so far. I just think, you know, this is going to be a touchdown plus one here for uh, the Eagles, especially if Parsons really is going to be at less than 100% with that groin injury. So uh, that in mind, last week, Britt, lost a teaser before 1 p.m. kickoff even happened. N- never a good uh, feeling there. I was laying in bed watching it on my phone. Just, just uh, you know, not, not exactly loving life, but we got through the rest of the day, of course. But I'm coming back with another four-team teaser this week. You can bet 100 to win 300. I'm taking the Packers over the Jets. You can get that down from 7.5 to 1.5. The Ravens over the Giants, 5.5 to uh, 0.5 points. 49ers over the Falcons, minus 5.5 to plus 1. And again, the Eagles over the Cowboys get that down to either a pick them or a point five point favor so we're getting you know down to the we're getting down a number basically which is always what we want to see with these teasers so getting on to the right side of it and again i just think in these matchups look at the quarterbacks man aaron Rodgers over zach wilson lamar jackson yeah, you just talked about zach wilson daniel jones i know but you know it's aaron <laughs> Rodgers. it's aaron Rodgers. that's my point here so it's uh it's enough of a uh, disparity that i think it's pretty uh clear cut so we'll see the falcons have stayed feisty but again i think the 49ers can at least win that game with you know the league's best defense so far especially if nick Bo so is going to be good to go. I saw he was listed as questionable. So Packers, Ravens, 49ers, Eagles. Let's get this teaser back on the right track. All right. I have bet the I had already bet the Eagles, so I'm on board with that one. Uh, I have stayed away from the Baltimore game. I have bet the Niners, and I have the opposite side of you. I bet the Jets uh, plus seven and a half, and I sprinkled the uh, money line on that one. We're Ooh. just – I don't know. I, I, the Giants are – you're seeing – the value of coaching in the NFL uh, with the Giants right now. So with Brian Dabble uh, going over there and really, really being able to show coach up that Giants team. Now, I don't know if the Jets are going to be able to do it, but I don't know. I'm not sold on the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, where is he on, on PFF? I didn't look it up, but he's, he can't be up there very high this year. No, I mean, I'm not sold on the Giants. Yeah, that was a fun win over the Packers, but we also, I mean, look. That I'm not half, sold on the Giants. It's we just were completely that, think, riding that off. I mean, you look at their wins this year. Okay, you know, Titans, Panthers, Bears, and now the Packers. So, yeah, 4-1. A win is a win is a win. And as Bill Parcells used to say, you know, you are what your record says you are. But, man, I just, I really question if they can keep up with uh, Lamar. We'll see. That is one I could definitely be very wrong on, uh, this week but uh, it is uh, just in full disclosure uh what am i on let's go to some props uh i'll, I'll throw you got to know by now i'm coming at you with a kicker prop so i've got the uh, evan mcpherson this is the first time in 13 games evan mcpherson did not get over one and a half field goals it's my favorite prop it's even money i don't understand it uh in 12 of 13 games he has gone over one and a half uh the saints are allowing the second highest field goal attempts in the league so far this year at 3.4, uh, McPherson, I believe, has also attempted at least two field goals in 12 of his last 13 games, too. I'm going to keep writing that one. Uh, I've got another one in my back pocket. I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, let's get a couple props from you. So far this year, nine and nine. Haven't been keeping track of, you know, the plus odds. I would like to think we're doing a little better. Coming off, you throw, you throw a couple though, pluses so. in there. So yeah, we uh we, we got a little bit going for us. We're not we're not taking just a stone cold faves every single week. And I got a big underdog this one, Joe Mixon. 0 for 7 on rush attempts, scoring touchdowns inside the five-yard line this season. I am willing to gamble that it is more unlucky than him or this Bengals offense all of a sudden being terrible at football. Joe Mixon, two-plus touchdowns, plus 410 at Caesars. Sign me up for that. And a game where, again, I saw the pace problems, but I just think, hey, we saw the Saints and Seahawks shoot out last week. I don't think that the Saints defense is quite as good as past years. Marshawn Lattimore is banged up as well. I'm sure we'll be talking about Jamar Chase here when we get to our cash and GPP discussion. But again, Joe Mixon has been the feature bell cow. More touches than any running back in the NFL this season. Last week, we did finally see that yards per carry start to move in the right direction. I just think that there are going to be, you know, some just games coming up where we're going to see Joe Mixon remind everyone why we draft him as a top 10 running back in season long in the first place. Also, we'll be taking the under on Ezekiel Elliott, 70 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Britt, 
Zeke is on pace this year to catch 17 passes, one per game. That's what they we, – we joke about George Kittle being a left tackle. Zeke is the left tackle. Like, he's the one that's really not getting any chances to catch the ball these days, whether he's blocking or Tony Pollard just taking over for him. So, efficiency has been the worst of his career, and the Cowboys' offensive line has been the worst of his career. So, I don't mean to hang all this against Zeke, but, again, 70 and a half rushing and receiving yards in a game I expect the Cowboys to trail and just not be all that efficient with all their opportunities. Happy to take that. You can get it at minus. 115 over at points bet and then two overs george kittle over just 40 and a half receiving yards man if you just look at kittle throughout his career like this is such a line that's only looking at the last three weeks instead of the fact that hey it's george freaking kittle and we shouldn't just purely be focusing on these last three weeks i mean kittle just receiving yards per game throughout his career since 2018 86 75 79 last year he was at 65 and yeah this year he's at 33 so it's unfortunate that he's going down but do we really think george kittle is no longer george kittle i am happy to take that over at only minus 114 uh juice over at fandle and finally rondale more over 43 and a half receiving yards at DraftKings. you can get that for minus 120 we kind of talked about it last week, Britt. We were a little hesitant to go to Rondale and cash in tournaments. It was more reasonable, but we didn't know if he was going to take that full-on slot roll over Greg Dorch. Now we do. A.J. Green was back last week. I know it's sad that we have to worry about how A.J. Green factors in this equation, but we do, and Rondale was still the featured full-time slot receiver going up against the Seahawks defense where explosive pass play rate, yards per attempt, QB rating, touchdown rate allowed bottom two defense in the entire league against slot wide receivers. So Rondale Moore over 43 and a half receiving yards, Kittle over 40 and a half, Zeke under 70 and a half, Joe Mixon, two touchdowns. Great day to be great. Yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page this week. I was already on Kittle and more before I even saw the, sh- the, the show sheet. Woo. I might say something I'm not supposed to say, but we're, we're going to try to get through the show sheet. There we go. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to go, this might be my favorite prop of the week. And it hinges on Damian Harris not playing. So let's go just real quick for the people. This Damian Harris, limited practice. Mac, Mac Jones last week, right? And even a little bit this week is practicing. Damian Harris ain't going to play this week, right? It's it's John o. Smith too. Like he was limited last week, but we've already gotten news. Both these guys are referred to as week to week. So it's one of those things where, again, uh, I am firmly expecting Damian Harris to miss at least this week. Yeah, so my one of my favorite props this week is Ramondre Stevenson. He's plus 105 to score a touchdown at DraftKings. The other books have this at like minus 140, minus 160. I think there was a minus 170 out there. And DraftKings was letting me bet this at plus 105. Uh, this was yesterday. I put it up on scores and odds as well. Uh, it, like he's going to be the lead guy. We've already seen what he can do in a lead role. This is against Cleveland who can't stop anybody against the ground right now and gives up a bunch of rushing touchdowns. I don't understand how this can be a plus odds bet on DraftKings. So that's one of my favorite of the week right now. Also, Britt, uh, they signed Kevin Harris from their practice squad from their active roster yesterday. So that's just another sign. Again, we usually see that on Saturdays and we can really tell. uh, I want to note right now, I'm uh, I'm going to some prop sites. Cam Akers is not going to play this Sunday. So go to your favorite sports book slash prop site right now. What? You get hurt? And find some Daryl Henderson props. What happened? Start smashing oh, those in. Gosh. I don't know. I just they're, they're uh, working through some things. Yep, with some acres. So, it's not uh, injury related. What the yeah, hell? So go man. get yeah, some Henderson, the Henderson ones. I just got a couple. I just got a couple rush yard props on. So happy. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> and go yeah, pick yeah. up. Go pick up Daryl Henderson if you can. I gotta get him yeah. in the league. Go, ah! go get that right now. So good time to be watching the show live. Thank you, Britt. Yep. My friends, uh, God, my, my, my friends always hate when I'm in their fantasy league, so I just get the news five minutes in front of them. And then after yeah. I get the news, I like let them know, like, hey, guys, go pick this guy up. <laughs> don't uh, don't bother in our league, but, you yeah. know. But any other league you're in, you can go get it. Exactly. Uh, all right, so that was uh, some of our favorite prop bets, some of our favorite spread bets. If you want access uh, to at least mine and a lot of the other people here on Roto-Grinders, I think our team is up close to 50 units, whatever you want to classify as a particular unit. If you had followed all of our uh, scores and odd teams, NFL bets this year, uh, you would be swimming in units. Uh, you can get that over at scores and odds. Uh, that is a premium subscription. If you just want to get access, if you want to know which site has the best line for a Ramondre Stevenson touchdown and about three touches on your phone or a couple clicks on your internet, you will be able to find that out that DraftKings had the best line for that. Like I previously said for the low, low price of free 50. So make sure to go check that out over on scores and odds. Uh, let's jump into DFS. 
Uh, it's uh, at least in the quarterback position. We've got this Buffalo Kansas City game. There's two quarterbacks. It's Josh Allen. It's Patrick Mahomes. I've heard they're good. Uh, I think at least from a cash game perspective, we'll, we usually break down cash game and some of our GPP plays. The cash games on DraftKings this week are going to be pretty similar, right? You've got, I think Josh Allen is clear that the quarterback, most people are going to be playing. If the running back injury news holds true, we're going to have three or four basically running backs. Everybody's going to be on Tyler Lockett's too cheap at the wide receiver position, pick a tight end, you know, pick a defense. That's where some of the, you know, gamesmanship might come from. Uh, a FanDuel is a little tougher and tournaments on DraftKings, there's always a lot of game theory involved, but at least from the cash game perspective, it's Josh Allen this week. There's no way I'm not playing this dude against Kansas City. He's just he needs to be priced much higher than he is, considering the fact uh, of what he scores every week. No, and I, we can get up to him this week. I mean, usually that's just what it comes down to. We don't have like the actual salary left to go up and get there, but I mean, the amount of money we can save at running back. I mean, that that's just the thing, man. Like, there's three such clear cut running backs, and I guess Daryl Henderson is now gonna kind of throw a little bit of a wrench into this. But even then, man, like we'll see if Kyron Williams does get activated off IR. They did elevate Jake Funk, so it could still like I would just say out of these, you know, Kenneth Walker, Ramondre Stevenson, and Eno Benjamin, I would still favor. Not only the workloads, but honestly, those offenses over what Henderson is dealing with uh, with the Rams. So I just think from a straight-up raw projection standpoint, Henderson will still be out of the picture. So with that in mind, man, again, and just kind of, again, we're talking about the whole cash game kind of lineup here. We can get up to Josh Allen because we don't have to spend up at those running back spots or at tight end or even at one of the wide receiver spots with uh, Rondale Moore. So I was able to squeeze Josh in my cash game shell without making any sort of like notable downgrades. And I just don't see any reason to go less, man. Four, I'm sorry, five top five quarterback finishes to start the season. Like we saw the one game against the Dolphins where, you know, the offense was a little bit out of sorts. They didn't even score 20 points on him. And what Josh Allen do? He's still two for 400 yards and he runs for like another 60 or 70. Like even when this dude isn't all that efficient, it just he has the most fantasy friendly role a quarterback we've ever seen. It's the most pass happy offense in the league. And he's such a freaking alien with what he can do running the football that we always have that floor for us. So, yep. This is the week. Get up to Josh Allen. Stocking with Stefan Diggs. Great day to be great. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, or Gabe Davis, to that Gabe Davis guy. Uh, two, three receptions, two, 5,000 yards, and three touchdowns. That's what I'm calling for him again this week. Uh, so tournaments... I think the guy, like if you're looking for a player that can keep up with a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes, especially this week, you I think you need a quarterback that can run the ball a little bit. I mean, Tom Brady could probably get there from the pocket, but he's going to need what, 350 and at least three touchdowns and not have Allen or Mahomes go nuclear or maybe four touchdowns from a guy like Brady. I'm looking at Lamar Jackson, who we currently have projected, uh, let's see here, as the one, two, three, four, fifth highest owned quarterback behind Allen, Geno, Tom Brady, and Mahomes. So he's coming in around six and a half percent as it stands on a Friday. I don't know. If, if I am going to hope that I can keep pace with Josh Allen, I need some upside. I think Lamar gives me that. I think maybe a Kyler Murray could possibly give it to me. I need these dual threat quarterbacks this week in tournaments. I would have a very narrow field. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm going Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins. As my oh, were you just picking up Daryl Henderson? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm all over this right now. I got my friends already yelling at me. So, uh, look, man, it's 
he's gonna be chalking in a hurry here but yeah so gpp quarterbacks again tom brady going with evans and probably chris goblin so the goblin snaps and routes were down last week but like even greg allman the athletics uh, ace beat reporter for tampa bay like he's even come out and said during that experience like yeah it's a situation where they were absolutely killing them in that matchup and like why would they be trying to just overload goblin with all those extra opportunities so the like there wasn't a new injury that happened the week before when they were in comeback mode against the chiefs goblin was out there playing his usual full-time role so i don't disagree with you know having evans just a I mean, Evan's a little bit ahead of Godwin. I do have him one spot ahead just in my raw season-long rankings, but why not both? Again, Brady's going to throw the ball 52 times. And Leonard Fournette's out there getting a bunch of those as well. So I think there are some fun, different Tampa Bay stacks because this is a matchup, man. You can bring it back pretty easily with just, you know, Deontay or George Pickens or just one of those guys. And I just think everyone's so focused, rightly so, on Bill's Chiefs that we have a chance to get that Tom Brady passing game out of discount, and we know the volume is there. On the... Uh, Minnesota Vikings side of things. This Miami Dolphins defense, bottom five in almost any passing metric you want to look at this year. And they continue to be banged up. Xavier Howard is allegedly going to be playing through this groin issue, but their other starting cornerback, Byron Jones, is still on the pup list with that Achilles issue. So they've been bad, they're hurt, and now Justin Jefferson is coming to town. So Adam Thielen, someone where he hasn't gone three straight regular season games without scoring a touchdown, injuries notwithstanding, since 2018. That man's due. Kirk Cousins still hasn't gone for 300 yards or three touchdowns he's due everything's coming into place for this vikings offense to blow up against the dolphins this week all right let's go to the running back position so let's hash this out real quick here we were looking at a trio of Ramondre stevenson with damian harris likely out we've got kenneth walker we've got eno benjamin who looks like he's gonna have basically the workload to himself today insert daryl henderson into the mix Who's the odd man out? Henderson. I think Henderson's the odd man out. The offense has clearly been the worst of the group. They're a terrible offense. They're, you could argue. I mean, here's the thing. Cam Akers is out of the picture. Akers was supplanting Henderson to an extent with this happening. I think Henderson will be the lead guy, but this backfield hasn't been anything like what we're used to in Los Angeles this year. The problem with the Rams, I mean, it hasn't been like Akers and Henderson haven't been great by any stretch, you know, they haven't been good, but their workloads have been brutal. Both these guys, man, they're expected PPR points on the season. They're RB4s. It's not like they've been they've been getting 20 touches a game and not making anything out of it. Really, it's just been tough. So if we can combine those two just into Henderson, that'd be great. I'm just worried like why they kind of didn't do that already if they were willing to really feature Henderson. So maybe we'll get some more information coming out again. If Kyron Williams is going to be activated, I, it wouldn't completely, completely throw me off. He's a fifth round pick. He's a I think a pretty one-dimensional scat back type of player. And Henderson's the one they usually trust on the passing downs in the first place. So this is like a poor man's version, I think, Britt, of like what the Browns have there, where it's just like you have an early down back and then you have more of a primary pass down back. Henderson is the primary pass down back. So it's more reasonable to expect him to take the early down work than it is for like Kyron Williams to take away the pass down work that already belongs to Henderson. So for me, it's Eno, Stevenson, and Kenneth Walker because like who do we want to get up to? Otherwise, that's the thing. Is Henderson even cheaper to these guys? Like, I just don't see the upside of going away from them to a Henderson. If anything, we should just be happy this is happening because I think it's going to just take down the general ownership for all these guys. Yeah, the ownership is going to be very high. So Henderson on DraftKings, at least, is the low price of 5100 So he's a little bit higher than Eno and a little bit lower than the other two. I think that's... I'm not wishing to play Daryl Henderson at 51. If we didn't have these other guys, I most certainly would be. Oh, yeah, yeah, but we don't need to. Yeah, I don't think we need to. You have a favorite of Ramondre, Walker, and Eno. Like, if you had one you had to single out, like, you're you're more apt to be maybe overweight on in a tournament this week? I would go with, I think, Eno of them all, believe it or not. And I haven't really been someone to believe in Eno all that much over the years. But when we take Connor and Daryl Williams out of the picture, I mean, looking at these offenses, the Patriots, look, I saw Stevenson get every single snap last week. That was because he was the only running back left. So Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris are going to be active. And maybe Stevenson does come back more to earth as like a 50, 60% snap guy while still leading the way. Kenneth Walker, similar thing where we aren't positive that he's going to have that three down roll. It could be a situation where DJ Dallas 
Dallas is far more involved than we're expecting, particularly on passing downs if they end up falling behind in this game. So, you know, it's it's not – I'm not saying that he necessarily is this, you know, much more complete three-down back than those guys, but one of the good studies I did this offseason, amongst many I like to think, Britt, but one of them that, you know, I really have been referring back a, a lot just with uh, different situations like this – there's only so many coaches that are ever willing and have ever been willing to give their featured starting running back these true 80, 90% workhorse roles. And Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals very much has been one of those. David Johnson, Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, James Conner, all these guys, when they've gotten the chance over the years to be the healthy feature back, like they're not even playing 60% snaps, man. It's legit like 80, 90, barely ever leaving the field. So I think Eno has that possibility where out of all these guys, I'm least concerned about either a positive or negative game script taking them off the field all right for tournaments what else are we looking at at the running back position because if you don't play stevenson Eno, or kenneth walker you're looking at basically a sub 13 percent owned running back in large field tournaments i mean you're able to get your pick of whoever you want at reasonable ownership or even pretty low ownership who are some some targets you might want to look at this week yeah, again, just going off these chalky guys is going to be the pretty easy move just to help differentiate things for you. So, again, when we kind of look back at, hey, you know, what's the general lineup going to look like? What can we do? Just kind of differentiate that and just by lineup construction be different. And we'll probably be paying up at the position this week, going and getting your McCaffrey's and your Nick Chubbs and the guys that you don't need to spend up all that much money for, but we still know have the potential to break, you know, a slate each and every week. So, I will say, other than that, um, Cam Akers is now not on my list because he's not going <laughs> to play football but you know what was feeling pretty good about that one earlier so with that said uh talked for a minute about you know the kc buffalo matchup hey it's legal for those running backs to get some of the touchdowns so claude ebers alera 6.3k we, we don't like it, man, but the dude has double touch, uh, two touchdown upside each and every week and we've already seen that you know on, on occasion this year and also devin singletary Look, he's still the featured running back in Buffalo. Last week, they were absolutely annihilating the Steelers. Josh Allen had a 14-yard target depth, and when they get up by 30, they don't keep him out there. They just let James Cook, you know, run his heart out. So Devin Singletary, if this is going to be a close game, we could see what we saw in weeks three and week four, and that is a true every-down running back in arguably the NFL's single-best offense. So just 5.9K. Again, people, are, I think, are looking way more into the week five dud than the back-to-back -back really good top 20 performances he had in weeks three and four. I love the bounce back potential for Devin Singletary. It's just nice leverage off of all these high owned Bills guys. And then finally, uh, Joe Mixon, 6.9K, mentioned the two touchdown uh, bet earlier. So, yeah, again, just, you know, trying to buy more into the guys that we know are getting the usage. They've just been a little bit unlucky so far. Uh, Singletary currently, through Rotogrinders, uh, projected ownership just over 5% owned on there we the go. large Sunday slate. Uh, I'm going to throw Brees Hall. I'm going back to the well I had his prop bet last week. I had him on my DraftKings cash team. Uh, I believe in him so much, uh, but I like him for a tournament. He's going to go a little bit under own. And if you are like me, I guess this is a me thinking the Jets might have more of a chance than the spread implies in this one. I could take Brees Hall in a GPP. He is solidifying himself as the workhorse running back for that Jets offense. Explosive, explosive playmaker. And then, of course, Lenny Fournette. Uh, we've got him right around 10%. That's right. A guy who just posted a GPP winning week last week and no one's going to want to play him this week against Pittsburgh. I mean, this is like too good to be true and it's going to give you a little bit of a, a different roster construction. Uh, so I think we can go to uh, Lenny and maybe hope that game stays a little closer, but I don't, I don't know. I, I'm thinking about maybe betting the Buccaneers here. I think they might just completely steamroll Pittsburgh. And this would be a unique situation where if you wanted to go Brady Evans Fournette, like it's fine, mm -hmm. man. If you look at it, these last two weeks, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans have combined for 34 targets. Leonard Fournette and Rashad White have combined for 27. So if you want a running, if you want a quarterback out there, it's really going to feed his running back in the passing game. It most certainly is Tom Brady. Yeah. I want to throw the Mike Evans prop bet was like 62 yards against Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh, they just allow everyone to get a hundred yards against them through the air. So that was one of the, the first bets I made this week. Didn't put it on the show sheet, uh, but that is uh, I make so many bets. I sort of forget about them, but that popped into my head. Uh, all right, let's go to wide receiver. Uh, we've got a couple, I think, gimmies on DraftKings. We've got Tyler Lockett. Uh, they're just like, Oh yeah, this huge game. We'll just keep you at the same price. No, no problem. So he's way too cheap on DraftKings. And then you've got Rondell Moore, who you mentioned on the bet, who you mix those two in with take your pick of 
any wide receiver, this is where lineup construction is basically going to differ a little bit in cash games. Who is your third wide receiver? There's a couple of options. You could go double Seattle wide receiver if you just wanted all of the Seattle passing no. game. No, there's. A, I mean, you can get up to a, a Cooper Cup if, if you wanted to do something like that. You can make lineups like that. But basically that third wide receiver is sort of where people will be getting different this week. Who are a couple of your favorite third wide receivers? I'm surprised this Lockett Hammy isn't pulling more, more people off this, man. I don't want anything to do with that this week. I still think that this passing game, while we have seen it still be way better. I mean, look, Lockett's a boomer bust wide receiver. We've seen that for how many years? And yeah, he boomed last week and he has been fantastic. This whole Seattle passing game has been great. I just don't love the idea of having the you know lead early down running back in Kenneth Walker in the same lineup now as a banged up version of Tyler Lockett. I don't think we need to with some of the salary saving we can get elsewhere. So I'm fine going with Rondale Moore, you know, just 4.2K, talked already about his full-time role the matchup against the Seattle slot defense again all things pointing up for Rondale and from there man give me that Josh Allen stack with Stefan Diggs I don't need to get quite all the way up the Cooper Cup and honestly man Jamar Chase at 7.7k with no T Higgins again I think it's just a situation where look at what we did last year we let a small sample size with Jamar Chase distract us from the fact that he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and him and that Burrow connection how many times do we need to really doubt it before we need to get back on the train so doesn't sound like T Higgins is gonna be out there and like yeah i get it it's been a little bit disappointing for him but he's still going out there and making some big plays and i want to try to be ahead of the curve you know in terms of getting right back on track with chase so if marshawn Lattimore is going to be out too for the saints that really is huge for chase i'm not afraid to go to the well with someone that again He's been missing, but even last week, man, seven catches for 50 yards on a full PPR site like DraftKings. The Bengals have shown a willingness, particularly with Higgins out of the lineup, to make Chase this lower A-dot guy, which I get it. It's not as we'd prefer to watch him catch 60-yard touchdowns down the sideline every single play, but I really don't think the floor is as low for Jamar Chase as we might think when T. Higgins is out. A uh, couple tournament spots I'm eyeing. Uh, we've got... Uh, Hollywood Brown is sort of a little bit of leverage off of Rondell Moore. If you're saving money, I think Rondell Moore might end up being higher owned than Hollywood Brown. So he's a way to get leverage off of Moore and even Eno Benjamin in that game, who's also going to be pretty popular. So you can take a look at that from a tournament perspective. Uh, a couple other players that I'm looking at would be, uh, let's see, we've got Jacoby Myers. He's your leverage off from Andre Stevenson, and he can go ham in any single game. He's getting the ball a little bit deeper down the field. He's catching a couple of touchdowns, and he's getting a ton of volume right now. So he's interesting just to get away from the Ramondre Stevenson uh, GPP ownership. And then if Godwin's going to be higher owned, uh, I'm all about Mike Evans. I absolutely love him in a tournament. Uh, I'm looking on Roto-Grinders right now. We have Mike Evans projected at 9% owned. Uh, if you're getting that low of uh, ownership from a guy who could easily have 102 touchdowns against the Steelers defense, uh, absolutely love a guy like Mike Evans. And me a little, I don't know if it's really leverage off of Godwin. Godwin currently coming in at 14% ownership. I'll take Evans over Godwin any day of the week right now, uh, expecting a big, big game out of him. Would also note, hey, Britt, it's 2022. It's not illegal for Gabriel Davis to have back-to-back -back boom weeks. That's who he is. Like he is, he was put on this planet oh, yeah. to be a GPP, you know, just consistent play. So yeah, if he booms, you have a very good chance of, you know, being in the top 10% of lineups that actually have a chance of winning the damn thing. And if he does it, okay, you know, that's exactly what we're here for. First or last man. So mentioned uh, the Kirk Cousins with Jefferson, with Thielen, and also Brady, Goblin and Evans, man. I don't think we need to overthink it too much there, but I hear you on Evans over Goblin straight up. But also note that, you know, let's not completely forget about these Jaguars wide receivers. It was interesting when they played in week two against the Colts. The Colts took, you know, ace, ace cover corner, Stephon Gilmore, and put him on Marvin Jones. I think more so because they use Zay Jones and Christian Kirk in the slot far more than Marvin and just a lot of these cornerbacks. Gilmore, Darius Slay, pretty much all the shadow corners. They don't make a big time habit of moving inside the slot. So Christian Kirk had two touchdowns that game. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he does get back on track. We even had, you know, the squeaky wheel. Uh, uh, gets the uh, gets the grease narrative going on with Doug Peterson saying he's someone that should be getting 9, 10, 11 targets every single week. And Zay Jones at 4.2K, man. I mean, remember, that was a bargain when we saw it a couple of weeks ago based on everything he'd been doing and his usage. And he got hurt, and then we had to kind of get off, and then we weren't sure how available he was going to be coming back. But he really is back to that full-time full role. And 4.2K for someone that, again, we saw in weeks two and three, really possessed some upside. Uh, I'm fine to get there with that. And then finally, just uh, Tyler Boyd 
right at 5.1K if uh, T. Higgins is out. Really take a long look at that because I think earlier this year, um, even with Higgins, I think it was when Higgins ended up playing, but we thought he might uh, be out. Like, boy, wasn't getting that big-time ownership bump. And when you do look at his rookie season, or not his rookie season, Burrow's rookie season, when Chase obviously wasn't in the picture yet, boy was putting up wide receiver one numbers uh, really throughout that year until Burrow got hurt. And then last year in the couple of games that Higgins missed, we again saw Joe Burrow really lean in to Tyler Boyd. So it's why backup wide receivers, we can't trust them the same way as handcuffs. Like, if you do want to go dumpster diving, the other Mike Thomas on the Bengals. Yeah, he'll get some targets, but I think more than anything, man, Burrow's just going to center in more and more on Boyd, Chase, and uh, Hayden Hurst if we do see Higgins miss this one. All right, let's go to tight end uh, from the cash game side. It's basically a spender save. You've got Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, I think. I don't know. I think I'm on team Andrews for this one, although it's pretty tough to go against Kelsey in that Bills game. Uh, Was that the most fantasy points ever scored? from a player with 27 yards or the least fantasy points ever scored from a player with four touchdowns? Dude, and, you know, just to put the spotlight on me, I had three freaking matchups where I was going into Monday night. I was up 15 to like 20 points, all of them, uh, only facing Kelsey. And, uh, yeah, 0-3 on uh, on those. That bad, bad luck on that one. Uh, who would you prefer? Do you want Andrews or do you want Travis Kelsey this week? Side note, Andrews, Brit, Andrews one... is $800 less. I'm not probably even going up that high. I would mm-hmm. – Probably Andrews. I will say, though, I did get slightly lucky on my bad beat because I was planning on betting Kelsey's over receiving yards as an emotional hedge. So those are the real losers uh, from last Monday night. I think we learned we bet the touchdowns as the emotional hedge. You bet the touchdowns. (laughs) Absolutely uh, there. So this week, oh, let's go drive. Fuck the Yankees. All right. Um, Yeah, on the uh, cash side of things, Hunter Henry at 3.1K, man. Barely left the field last week with Jonu Smith out. I think it's the same thing as Damon Harris. These guys are week to week. They have him stand off inside and practice, and they call it a limited practice. So just 3.1K, I do think Hunter Henry. Again, I don't have a single dollar left in my cash game build right now, so I am comfortable getting him. If we are going to see Jonu come back in and cash, you can go cheaper. We want to get into the weeds here, uh, Britt. We haven't been doing as much this year like we did last year, but Zach Gentry, 2.6K. Pittsburgh Steelers tight end one if Pat Frymouth is indeed going to miss this one with the concussion. So I do think that Gentry, hey, he's tall, Britt, and he uh, he's going to play almost every single snap. So we got those two things going for us. He might have played basketball at some point in his life. And, hey, with this Pittsburgh Steelers offense, you know, fully expecting them to get blown out by the Buccaneers, which means they're probably going to have to pass the ball a ton, just like they really have the last six quarters with Kenny Pickett under center. So those would be uh, the cash calls. GPP, I think it gets more interesting. I mean, come on. If it's not George Kittle week this week, when is it going to happen? It, maybe next week. But I really do think it could be this week. I mentioned it, you know, when we were going through the props is Falcons defense being bottom three just about everything against tight ends and yeah man just 5.1k is such a slap in the face there and final note would be David Njoku at 4k just surprised to not see the uh, projected ownership higher I mean do we just give Bill Belichick this like he shuts down the number one option in every single position uh, respect? Like, what is it, man? Is it he's going to stop Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, and David Njoku this whole game just because he's Bill Belichick? I don't really think so. And you look at the Patriots against tight ends this year. They've been average. They've been fine. I mean, I'm not saying they're a bad defense by any stretch, but if anything, I would expect them to focus their efforts on Amari Cooper, probably leading to more David Njoku like we've seen over these past uh, three, four weeks. I'm going to throw in uh, also Tyler Higby, the least exciting cash game play, but with double-digit targets. He's got 24 targets over the past two weeks. If you're just looking for a floor of receptions and a few yards, I think he's interesting too. Just uh, a guy who probably won't do you wrong, won't win you the week, but at least you'll get some points at the position. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for the Week 6 edition of the Pro Football Focus Fantasy Show here on Roto-Grinders. As always, thanks to all of you for watching. Click that like button on the YouTube on the way out. Rate uh, a review. If you're listening on the podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. Other than that, thanks for watching, listening. He's Ian. I'm Britt. And we out you. We out you.